This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's about to get intimate up in here. Okay. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jenna. What's the Chismis? This is What's the Chismis, a show about Pilipinx identity in Edmonton. Heads up, we are going to be going deep into mental health this episode, including talking about harm and suicide. I'm Ryan Lacanalao, and the Chismis I want to get off my chest today Well, it kind of starts with Facebook creeping. See, the other day I was scrolling through my sister-in-law MM's timeline. Scrolling, scrolling. A year and a half down, I came across my wedding video. Her sister and I got married in 2018 and she had posted our video. I watched it and had a good cry. I noticed Michelle, their younger sister, seven years younger than my wife, was so bright and full of energy in the first half of the video. But in the second half, she was absent. I remembered how she missed our reception because she was crying in her room. So that's how Facebook creeping led me to wanting to call Michelle and ask her about that time when her depression was really taking a toll on her and what she did when faced with the decision about whether to seek professional mental health support. I started off by asking her to tell me about her mental health journey. Sure. Um, I think, well, a little backstory. I think um, I've always uh, struggled with mental health, um, but I've just, I didn't realize that uh, it was mental health. I thought there were just, oh, like little quirks about me where there's, there'd be a period of time where I would just feel very low, like, (laughs) you know, and not necessarily even sad. It's just like, I just feel different. And I thought it was just like a regular thing that happened. And, um, and so when this the specific time that I'd like to refer to was um, basically, I think my, <laughs> my, hmm, how do I explain this? Um, for me, I didn't really feel comfortable talking to anybody about it until it got really bad that I actually needed help. Um, and I think for me, it was just, I couldn't understand the dissonance. I just, because I was so, um, I held on to my personality so much, you know, this bubbly, this very outgoing person, this very charming, enthusiastic, like shows up a hundred percent. And when mental illness took that away, I just, I didn't know who I was. And I think what made it more difficult to share with people what I was going through is that I was scared that, um, people wouldn't like me for this person <laughs> almost um, because I knew my personality is something that people enjoyed about my about me. Um, once that got taken away, I just, I, I felt really lost. I felt like I was no longer deserving of, um, you know, love and, um, and care and respect and like all these things. And it was really interesting because that particular day 
when um when uh basically my sisters and um you ryan when you guys found out um it happened i don't know if you remember that day but i was basically at a breaking point this was i think when we went to padmanadi and it was your wedding day padmanadi is a restaurant yeah you guys got married we went to padmanadi and then you guys went off to um to yellowed and then i did a show in the evening i don't know if you remember yeah i remember yeah and i remember because we had a bit of um i just i wasn't feeling good i remember after padmanadi and um we were all supposed to go out for ice cream but i was like well i have a show in the evening so i think i'm actually you know just gonna go home um but i was actually like having the worst anxiety attack of my life that day with like for no reason at all and i remember even being at padmanadi and i was like okay i'm just gonna be in the bathroom you know um and i was literally like puking my guts out because my anxiety was so bad and i remember i came back to the table and it was like oh it took a while in there and i was like oh yeah you know i just had to take a bit of a poop <laughs> um and because i am i do use that joke quite often but looking back it was just like the dissonance of it all like i was i was going through something so so horrifying but i didn't know how to talk about it and so that day um when you guys went off to go back to uh when you guys went off to um go get ice cream and mm drove me back to uh, my parents place i remember i just i was like okay i'm gonna try and take a nap and you know try and figure this out before before the show in the evening but i just i i i was just shaking the whole time for like three hours straight and i remember just crying in the bathroom and I remember MM knocked on the door and was like, hey, is, you know, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, and I just remember crying so much. And like, I, I, I felt like I should tell her, but I didn't even know how to talk about it. I just, I knew there was something wrong and I needed to figure it out before I could tell anybody about it because I didn't even know how to talk about it. Um, sorry, I'm talking very fast. I hope, <laughs> I hope you were good. able to hear all of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, and I just remember just feeling really anxious because I just, I, I didn't know how to talk about it. And then um, after that, uh, I actually called Kathy. Kathy is a family friend studying psychology. I called Kathy after I was crying in the bathroom. Um, I called her and I was like, hey, I think there's something really wrong. And um, I'm really scared I might do something today. I don't think I will, but I'm really, really scared. Um, and I remember um, we just spent a bit of time, um, you know, talking about how I was feeling. And, um, and she, uh, we talked about, you know, doing exercises and getting my breathing correctly and, you know, doing actual tangible things that could help, which was really, really useful. Um, and I just remember when it was happening, I was like, okay, I can, you know, I can keep breathing, but like, I'm still anxious. I'm still like, my brain's still not working. I'm still not funny. Like, you know, there's still something wrong. Like these breathing things aren't going to help. And um, I remember she told me, she was like, you know, um, definitely like, I know it's scary, but you know, if you're comfortable, definitely reach out to your sisters about it. And and I just remember just blanking out during that whole conversation. I was like, I just need this to go away. I just called you for a 911 because I need to get my head in the game in order to um, go to work. Uh, and that conversation helped a little bit. And then I I talked to um, uh, 
I had talked to MM and I was like, you know, I, I, um, I'm fine, but I just, I, I need to get to the theater. And so she drove me <laughs> to work and then she left and then I did the show. And then afterwards, um, I was just spiraling the whole time. And, um, I ended up going over to a friend's house and I didn't really tell them what was up. I was just like, Hey, feeling kind of low. Do you mind if I just, you know, come over and like hang out for a bit? Um, and so I, call me, I came over to their place and they're like, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And I was like, oh, just feeling a little low today. Can I just stay here? Um, when in fact, I was doing suicide control because I was like, I can't. I have to be with other people. I know that for sure. Um, And it was funny because I wasn't even going to call like either Eileen or MM or you, but um, I remember, I can't remember who it was. It was either Eileen or MM who called um, and was like, hey, are you, are you still in downtown? You know, we're around, you know, we can pick you up. And I just remember as soon as I heard my, that phone call, I was like, oh fuck, I should probably, I should probably, you know, get them to pick me up so they can, you know, take me home. But the whole time I was like, oh, but I don't know if I'm ready to have that conversation yet, you know, because I still feel very fragile, still in a very vulnerable state. Um, and eventually, I know this is a very long-winded story, but um, but I remember when you guys came to pick me up, um, because I was like really anxious to get into a car. And I just remember everybody just said, hey. And I was like, hey. And then we all just kind of sat in silence. <laughs> and I remember just like crying so much in the car um, because I just, I knew, y'all knew that something was wrong, but like I didn't know how to um, kind of talk about it, but I knew we all knew that something was wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, we've, I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. I don't know if that answers your question. I'm, I, I'll answer more elaborately later, but I just, that, when you asked that question, that was like the one thing that triggered in me, uh, just triggered something. Um, yeah, for but, sure. Um, is it okay if I ask some follow-up questions? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That was just story time for me. That was just not me yeah. actually answering your question. It was just a story time. <laughs> but I will answer the question in a more shorter way later if you want. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess, can you talk about like your facing the decision to get uh, professional help from a psychologist or a psychiatrist and the, the journey and how you made the decision to do it or to not do it? Mm -hmm. How I got started with, um, with uh, my journey to healing and uh, uh, um, exploring the possibility for um, medication is uh, Gina and I. <laughs> Gina is Michelle's friend and also employer. She's the artistic director at the theater organization Michelle was acting for. I'll chat with her on a later What's the Chismis episode. Gina and I actually went to the ER, not for mental health issues, but um, this was the same summer that I broke my arm because I punched my mom's car. Oh, I guess this is a great backstory. Um, I, 
back in retrospect, the fact that I punched my mom's car because I was so angry with her, I think was like a pretty good sign that something was wrong. <laughs> because this happened earlier in the summer, I remember. And so I had a broken, I had a broken arm for like two months and my mental health was deteriorating. And I just like, I was not feeling good. I was not eating right. And I feel like, like as I, I always said, like, I'm not, I'm not a very angry person, but like, for some reason, I just like punched my mom's car, you know, like that, it happens. Right. Um, so basically I had a cast in my arm for the entire summer and Gina and I were uh, at the ER, um, and uh the lady that was like fixing my cast and shit um um she was like yes is there uh she was um taking down information and the chart and she was like yes yeah, do you have any other uh clinical um um any other issues things like that that you're um that you know they want to address whatever whatever and i was like oh yeah no i'm fine just just the arm for today and then gina looked at me like oh and then the uh, doctor noticed that Gina was looking at me funny. And then the doctor was like, um, is there anything that you'd like to share? And I was like, yeah, actually, um, I've been kind of like really suicidal lately. I don't know what's happening. I don't feel like myself. Um, it just feels like there's a dark cloud following me everywhere, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like I haven't, I haven't done it yet, but you know, I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, I don't really know what's going on. And the lady, um, the doctor um, was like, okay. Um, so uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I know that must be like really scary for you because you didn't want to share it initially. <laughs> um, and then she was basically like, here's um." She shared with me the number for these, um, the PTC, the Psychiatric Treatment Clinic, that is actually at the U of A. And they were like, um, they take walk-ins. Uh, they have uh, they have psychiatrists and like therapists and like people that can, you know, check in on you and like see what's going on. And I was like, wait, I can just walk in and they can figure it out. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a thing. And I was like, oh, fucking fantastic. And so... Immediately after the ER, um, I went to the PTC and like they did the whole shebang. I probably spent maybe three hours there um, just trying to figure out what was going on, what are my options. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I got medication after that. And I didn't, I know a lot of people have different, you know, opinions and looks on um on medication and whether they prefer it or not. And to me, whatever works for you is what works for you. And so for me, for my body, um, I know that it needed medication, um, but yeah. And I am now actually, I started tapering it off about five months ago. Um, and so I'm five months off my Pustique. Um, I was on it for about a year. And I feel great. My mental health is um, is great. Uh, therapy has helped a lot, and the medication has also helped a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in a good place for now, at least.
So that was my conversation with my wife's younger sister, Michelle, an example of someone making the decision to seek mental health help when they were experiencing anxiety and depression. It made me think of my wife's older sister, M.M., older by two years. Not too long after all this stuff with Michelle was going down, I remember M.M. opened up to me that she was struggling too. I wanted to call her to ask about that difficult time and what she did when faced with the decision about whether to seek professional mental health support. The words that I remember hearing you say that made me uh, ask you if you wanted to pursue professional help was you said that you were in a dark place and you talked about how you weren't feeling like yourself and how um, the way that you interacted with your parents and Eileen and like just things weren't, you were in a, in a bad mental space. Uh, can, can you just expand on that a little? Did, did I uh, summarize that accurately? Was that your, your mental space at the time? Yeah, I was, I was in a, in, in a, in a dark place. I, I called it a dark place because it really was different uh, from how I naturally am. I, I was just not there. And as much as possible, I wanted to to hide from from people. Um, so mentally, it it kind it, it affected me because I'm not really that way. Yeah, and uh, not seeking the not seeking professional help part. Um, that one not not because I did not recognize or was in that I did not recognize that I, I needed help. It's just, um, I, I, I still trusted myself that I can go past that stage without asking professional help. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah. What role do you think culture may have played in your decision to not not seek mental health, mental health help? Um, let me see. Because growing up in the Philippines, mental health is, uh, I guess, not even just in the Philippines, but across the board with Filipino culture it's a taboo. Nobody talks about their, their mental struggles. And until, until up, up to this day, not a lot of people, not a lot of Filipinos are very open about it. And when you, when people, when Filipinos hear that, oh, this, this person goes to, goes to therapy, immediately, their brain goes, what the hell's wrong with them? Because now, like, when, when I talk about, because um, I, I did not go through it. Like, in a, I didn't, I, I have not seen a, a, a therapist for, for my own mental health. 
but when it comes to like my how do I how do I articulate this like for for Michelle what she went through I'm still very protective of that whole ordeal because um because our just speaking about our 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 relatives they most of them are not are not open-minded when it comes to that idea of seeking professional mental health. And I don't want them to, to look at her differently. And like, I know, I know you, you and Eileen see, see a therapist too. And Cassie sees a therapist as well, but I'm very, I'm very protective of, that information I guess that's where my my culture um, my the, the Filipino in me plays a big part because I don't want other people to look at them differently just because they don't understand them the way that I understand them does that make sense <laughs> it does because you care about them and you don't want them to be labeled as as um you know, to go with the stigma that comes along with that in other yeah. Filipinos' eyes. Yeah. Like I'd love for for people who who are afraid to seek help to go out and seek help, but then at the same time, I don't want them to be exposed. So it's uh yeah, I'm still like it, it's it's hard to to maneuver that given um given how filipinos are when it comes to mental health so that was my conversation with my wife's older sister mm an example of someone making the decision to not seek mental health help when they were struggling i wanted to better understand their different perspectives and why one decided to seek help while the other didn't so who better to ask than their middle sister, my wife, Ailey? I started by giving Ailey a quick summary of the previous conversations, and I asked her for her thoughts. Overall thoughts, I just think that they, the two of them have different approaches to things. And... I can see, knowing each of them, I can see why they picked that partic that particular path. For example, Michelle, she's she's very Michelle is very open. Like ever since we were little, she's very open, very willing to explore, very welcoming to new experiences. Whereas MM, on the other hand, is more, she's, uh, MM I would describe as old school. So I can see why she would be reluctant to seek professional um, mental health uh, help. 
how about the fact that she's the eldest of the three sisters? Do you think that had anything to do with it? I think so. I think that she's always viewed herself as being in this in this role that is you know she's the she's the ate she's the ate spelled a t e means older sister in tagalog she's the one that we are to run to when we have problems she's it's so when when she's the one seeking help like that's going to signal a red flag to us but at the same time like it still confuses me how she didn't feel comfortable because the way that like here's the timeline of our mental crises in in the family i i think or would it be me or maybe michelle no michelle's been I think she's the OG. She's the she's the first one to to uh, to experience something. So she um, sought mental health health help. So when it happened to her, and this is something that that MM knew that Michelle was was seeking mental help. I, when I was going through something too, I, like I emailed a therapist right away. I said, I'm, I, I need, I need help. I am drowning. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I, I need help. So MM is also aware of that when that happened to me. At least I think she was. I don't know. Was she? But seeing as how, let's just say that she knew that Michelle and I were getting professional help. I So that confuses me how she wouldn't do it for herself. She wouldn't be open to that. Because I know that she was going through something that was that was a lot. That was a lot to handle on her own that she professional help could have she could have benefited from professional help for sure so i think at this point i'm just going to ask you uh what what would your parting words be for uh, any filipinos who find themselves in in a, a place where they in a place where they feel like they could use mental health help but they just don't feel like uh they're equipped to to go and seek help or maybe they're culturally they they've never talked about it with their parents or their friends like i would would say say do it do it do it do it definitely do it because it it it's amazing the things that it does that it does for you i remember when i was going through something I, we did sessions every week because I was in a crisis. Like that's not like a, what a, you know, that's that's a crisis mode. You have to see your therapist every week. And 
I just like I couldn't wait till the next I couldn't wait for the next session like I was just so because it helped me so much and I know that some people say that oh well I have friends that I can talk to about this it is like it's it's very it is very different maybe because you feel like you can just go you can you know let her rip you can (laughs) just go all out and you know that you won't be judged and and it's no matter what you say in the room no one is gonna know no one's gonna judge you no it's you can be you can truly express your feelings and I think that's why we shouldn't really be well I mean we should talk to our friends about our problems but it's we need to talk to a professional about that too so I say do it but also I want to take this opportunity to shit on our health care system for not making therapy services so psychologist services for not making that accessible to people because that's some and that's that's something that's not covered by your regular Alberta health insurance so it's a supplementary health health benefit that you have to pay for it's expensive it's $190 for an hour like that's a lot of money you know and I can maybe that is what's hindering people from you know maybe if it was more accessible maybe if it was just there more people would make use of it this is what I don't like people always say like our health like the Canadian health system is so good like no it, it sucks this this part of it sucks so that needs to the health authorities that are listening out there please do something about this because this needs to change people are dying people are dying of depression of suicide this needs to change I got three key takeaways from these conversations. Takeaway number one. In some cultures, like Filipino culture, we tend to not talk about mental health and there's shame associated with seeking help. Takeaway number two. Go anyways. If you're going through something, mental health supports like counseling psychologists are there to help you through. Takeaway number three. Talk about it. The more of us that are open about our mental health journeys, the more we will shift the culture towards eliminating the stigma. So the next time you find yourself scrolling a year and a half deep on someone's Facebook timeline, don't forget Eileen's words about getting mental health help. Do it, do it, do it. What's the Chismis is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Ryan Lacanala. Thanks to my sisters-in-law, Michelle and M.M. Diaz, and my wife, Mariel Diaz, a.k.a. Eile, for speaking with us. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthechismis.transistor.fm. Follow us on Instagram at whatsthechismis, and on Facebook at whatsthechismiscjsr. That's what's the T-S-I-S-M-I-S. 
You can also email us at chismis at cjsr.com. Salamat!